Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wildcats podcast. I'm Ross O'Hare and once again I'm filling in for Mike Luke and John Schuster and today we're going to start off talking about my top five players of the year candidate so far for basketball. Then we will cover some uh, very interesting new Vegas odds about who will win it all come March. And then a couple recent articles were written by national media pundits as to who might win the coach of the year. And we're going to discuss those a little bit. So that's the rundown for today. And uh, let's dive right in and start with my my top five candidates for player of the year. So um, I'm not going to do it in any really particular order, but I think these five guys have really separated themselves and um, each right now has a strong case, I think, for player of the year. And I'll start off with who Vegas thinks is uh, maybe there's two guys tied in Vegas's eyes as to who might be in contention for player of the year. And the first guy is EJ Liddell out of Ohio State. So Liddell has uh, played really well. And you might remember he had a monster game against Duke earlier in the year where uh, he finished with, I think, I believe 14 points, 14 rebounds, six assists, really just dominated that game, was a force down low um, for Ohio State. And really, I mean, he's having a great year. He's averaging 19.6 points, 7.3 rebounds, almost three assists a game. And really, he's shooting 52% from the field, 33% from deep. And Ohio State's ranked 13th right now. And, uh, well, I take that back. Sorry, their their strength of schedule is 13 right now. And really, I mean, Ohio State's had a really pretty good start to the year. They're, they're, they've had a little bit of ups and downs. I mean, their two losses aren't bad losses. But their nine wins have been over really good teams. And, again, like they said, they've had the 13th in strength of schedule um, for all of basketball. And so EJ Liddell is their leader. He's the one that ma- that makes them go. And he's again, he's one of those players that really just dominates in the game. If you can get 14 boards and six assists in a game against a, a team like Duke, um, you're a quality player. And obviously, you know, he's he's a veteran. He's, you know, he's um, been around a few years. But I think he definitely, and Vegas would agree, but he's definitely in the running for player of the year. The next guy would be Drew Timmy. And according to Vegas, EJ Liddell and Drew Timmy are tied for most likely to win player of the year as of right now. And it's January 7th. So, I mean, it's a possibility that that changes over the next couple months. But uh, Drew Timmy right now is, he started the year as the favorite to win player of the year and has maintained that, although EJ Liddell has caught him. But, well, through 13 games, he's averaging 16.7 points, 5.9 rebounds, 2.2 assists. He's shooting 61% from the field. And, you know, they, the, the team currently has, Gonzaga currently has double-digit victories over Texas and UCLA. And although they got beat pretty bad by Duke um, and then had a bad loss in there as well. I mean, it's just one of those things where, I don't know, Drew Timmy is a, is a unique player um, that he, he does things very well. He's an extremely smart player. And he, he really is vital to what um, Gonzaga does and he again he's kind of the engine that makes them go they work they run their game through Timmy and for a team that you know was in the national championship game last year is ranked fourth right now he's their best player um next this is gonna be a little bit controversial or for Arizona Wildcat fans they won't probably like this but Paolo Banchero at Duke to me um comes in at number three and again this is not necessarily an order um, but he's the next one on the list that I that I see has stood out this year. I mean, that game that they had against Gonzaga, 
before his cramps set, settled in, I mean, he was on fire. He was literally the best player that I've seen all year for that stretch. I mean, it was about a 20, 30-minute stretch where he was unstoppable. And he's right now projected to be the number two pick in the NBA draft. Um, he's averaging 17 points, seven rebounds, two assists. He's shooting 48% from the field. And, you know, honestly, he's he's a unique talent in that he's he's big, he's versatile, can knock down shots, get it to the rim. Um, he's just got a lot of tools in his tool bag to be able to score. And you just wonder, you know, whether he can do it consistently. Now, he's a freshman, so, you know, he's learning how to do it consistently. But his ability to score on all three levels and play above the rim and hit threes is pretty impressive. And it's something that I think if he continues that and finds a stride, that I don't, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be in discussion for player of the year at the end. Um, the fourth one would be, um, unfortunately, I'm going to bring another Zags player in, and that's going to be Chet Holmgren. Um, and Chet is one of those players, again, that's just kind of a unicorn because being seven feet, seven one, uh, but being able to do the things he does is is pretty ridiculous. Um, you know, he is super thin and gets not uh, moved off the ball a lot. And, and against physical players, especially against Duke when they lost that game, he got pushed around, right? Against higher competition and stronger guys, he's getting pushed around a little bit. But then there's these flashes where you're like, there's just nobody like him in basketball. The things he can do, the way he plays, the shots that he can knock down, I mean, even the, the play against Duke, even though they lost the game, where he blocks a shot on one end, gets his gets the own the loose ball from his block, dribbles it all the way down the court, does a behind-the-back dribble, beats his defender, hit, uh, dunks it on him, and it's like you don't see that from players that are seven foot. And he just is a unique talent that, although he's had his ups and downs as well as a freshman this year, I think that he – if he can put it together and in primetime games and really put it, you know, start to showcase his ability more consistently, there's no reason he can't be in that discussion either. And then the last guy, obviously, is an Arizona guy. You've got to put Ben Matherin in there. Um, I mean, what Ben's been able to do um, this year has been incredible. I mean, he's made a huge jump. He's averaging 18.9 points right now a game, 6.5 rebounds, two assists on 50% shooting. He's shooting 38.6% from three-point line. I mean, every time a guy puts up a shot, I feel like it's going to go in. Like, it's, he looks that good when he's shooting. His stroke is that good. And honestly, he has begun to assert himself as an elite player should. And that was something that I talked about earlier on in a podcast earlier in the season was that there were moments and games even previous years or at the beginning of this year where he would kind of fade away and not be the focal point of the offense and kind of blend in if per se, you know? And um, the last five, six, seven games, that, that switched. You have not seen that from Ben Matherin. You have seen an assertive player who recognizes his talent, recognizes his game, recognizes his ability and his need for his from his team to be that alpha player, that that score, that go-to player on this team. And he stepped right up on that. And I haven't seen him, you know, take any steps back from that. And I think if if the more games that Arizona can, can play um, against good competition, which unfortunately there's there's not a lot of those left. I mean, we've got UCLA and USC, hopefully, uh, 
depending on COVID, um, that we, you know, we need some national media attention from him in big games where he continues to dominate like he did. Uh, he carried us against Tennessee, right, where he had a great game against Illinois. It's these type of games against quality competition that are going to continue to elevate Matherin to that level of player of the year status. And he absolutely will be in the, will climb the list. Right now, if you go to odds in Vegas, I mean, I think he's, um, you know, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there as, as a, you know, where he's ranked in player of the year categories. Now, I don't think that'll, that's where he'll end up because you've got players ahead of him that, I mean, Oscar Tshibwe in Kentucky is like five spots ahead of him. And there's just no way that Ben Matherin doesn't have a bigger impact, isn't a better player than some of these players on this list. And he will absolutely start to get that recognition. And so those are my top five guys. And I think that any one of those five guys can really has a great chance to win player of the year. It'll just be who can be consistent um, come the end of the year between now and March. Um, who's going to be the most consistent and in big games, who's going to carry their team to the promised land. So when we come back, what we're going to do is talk about um, the national championship odds, and then we'll talk about a couple articles written about coach of the year. But first, Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new year. Betting new year, that is, as we continue our march towards the playoff and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to get started. From football to basketball to any of your favorite sports or favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of the all amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, welcome back to Locked On Wildcats. My name is Ross O'Hare, and on the second half of the podcast today, we're going to go over the odds of who's supposed to win the national championship in basketball, and then we're going to discuss some of the buzz about who Coach of the Year candidates. And so, according to Bet Online, I was a little surprised by this, but according to Bet Online, right now the odds on favorite to win the national championship is actually Gonzaga. Now, you would think it would be Baylor, right? And it's Baylor's number two, but they still have Gonzaga number one. And that surprised me a lot because obviously Baylor's undefeated, the ranked number one ranked team in the country unanimously. And, you know, they look the part. They look like they have very few weaknesses. Obviously, James Akinjo being part of that team is a little bittersweet as an Arizona fan. You know, you love to see him succeed. You kind of wish it was with the Cats instead of with Baylor. But, you know, Scott Drew has been play, doing a great job. He lost four starters from last year's team. And we'll talk more about him in a minute. But Baylor as a whole, they really gelled and played well and matured. And they have size and speed shooters. Um, they're good at defense. They, they shoot the ball well. And so you would think Baylor would be the odds-on favorite. But surprising, it's still Gonzaga. And I think part of that is what they did last year. Um, and even though they lost – you know, Jalen Suggs and a couple of Corey Crispert and a couple of other players, they still have, um, you know, Drew Timmy, Chet Holmgren, like we talked about, two potential National Player of the Year candidates, along with some other really good um, supporting casts. And even Nemhart isn't necessarily a supporting cast. He's another really great player as their point guard. But uh, Gonzaga's number one uh, odds favorite, then Baylor, then Duke. 
Kansas, Purdue, Kentucky, and then Arizona. So Arizona comes in as the seventh best odds to win the national championship, uh, followed by Auburn, UCLA, Houston, and then LSU. And really, you know, none of these are too surprising. Obviously, Arizona's had a great year. I'm a little surprised by Kentucky being ahead of us. Um, you know, they've lost quite a little, quite a few games this year. They looked bad against LSU last uh, this last week, uh, having lost at LSU. And um, so that's really the only one ahead of us that surprises me. I mean, Kansas has not played a bunch of teams, haven't really been tested a whole lot. Um, Duke has some good wins. Purdue has some good wins. Baylor also, obviously, like we talked about. But behind us, Auburn, I believe, looks like the best SEC team. Um, you know, you can make an argument, again, for Kentucky or Tennessee. But to me, Auburn's the most complete team. Bruce Pearl's done a great job there. Um, bringing in transfers, developing players, um, bringing in some high recruits. UCLA, again, right after them, Houston, LSU. The, one of the things that's interesting to me is I look back at the beginning of the year, what the odds were when the year started, November 5th. I kind of looked, went back, and um, Gonzaga was, again, the top-ranked team or the top uh, odds team is to win a national championship. But you'll never guess who number two was, the Michigan Wolverines, right? And you think about that now a couple months later and just really how off of that was. I mean, we dismantled Michigan, uh, potentially you know, dismantled their season with how we played them and beat them. But you know, at the beginning of the season, Gonzaga was the most favored, then Michigan, then Villanova, UCLA, Texas, Purdue, Kentucky, Duke, Kansas. And you'd have to scroll all the way down to number 29 to find Arizona. I mean, teams like Florida State were ahead of us. Um, Virginia Tech, Virginia, Oregon. Uh, I mean, you, it's just unbelievable. West Virginia, the amount of teams that were um, favored ahead of us to win the national championship at the beginning of the year, um, it's really flip-flopped. Obviously, Arizona being the seventh highest odds now, um, they're a pretty good bet. And I think as the season continues, I'm not sure that that'll change much. Unfortunately, because of the remaining strength of schedule that Arizona has, I'm not sure that they really have the potential to up that very much. Now, obviously, they beat UCLA, beat USC, um, and you know don't lose any really really bad games, which would really mean almost they'd have to go undefeated the rest of the year. But if they you know if they drop one or two to mediocre teams, beat UCLA, split with UCLA or USC, I think those odds will stay the same. I think the only way they go up is if we do go undefeated the second half of the season, we run the table in the Pac-12. Now the possibility of that happening is really low. Um, so I don't see us improving a whole lot on that. The the only thing might be is that Duke, Kansas, Purdue, Kentucky, those teams ahead of us may falter. They actually have probably a, a higher chance of faltering in the second half of the season than Arizona does, just based on the strength of their schedules, the strength of their conferences. The Pac-12 is down this year. Outside of USC, UCLA, and Arizona, there really isn't anybody. I mean, Washington State was a potential fourth team, um, but they've had some you know mediocre losses in the last couple of weeks. And so there's, Arizona actually has a pretty decent chance of upping that if we just hold serve the rest of the year. To close out the podcast, I want to talk about a couple articles that came out about Coach of the Year candidates. So Andy Katz at the NCAA.com wrote an article this week about his top 10 men's basketball coaches of the year candidates. And I'll quickly run through them. The Wake Forest coach, Steve Forbes, is at number 10. 
He's got them 11 wins so far, beat Virginia Tech on the road. Number nine is Bruce Pearl, and I'm surprised actually he's not a little bit higher. I mean, they, they've played really well. They have one loss um, as a double overtime loss to UConn um, back in November, and so they're playing really well. They just they also beat LSU, who's red hot right now by 15 points, so they have that win. Chris Holtman, uh, Ohio State's number eight. Andy Enfield at USC is number seven. Tom Izzo is number six at Michigan State, and then Ed Cooley at Providence, although that'll probably change a little bit. They just got manhandled by Shaka Smart and uh, Marquette this last week. Um, number four is TJ Otzelberger at Iowa State, and that's a, I think that's a pretty good one. He, he's he got Iowa State playing way ahead of schedule. He's really um, put their talent, and they don't have a lot of it, but he's really put their talent together, and they've been playing well. Uh, number three is Ben Johnson at Minnesota. Um, he's a first-time head coach. Um, got them off to a 10-1 start, and they beat Michigan, which isn't a huge deal anymore, but they've also beat Mississippi State. Uh, number two, according to Andy Katz, is Scott Drew out of Baylor, <clears throat> which really means that leaves one person for number one, and that's Tommy Lloyd. So currently, Andy Katz has Tommy Lloyd as the early odds favorite to win Coach of the Year. And I'll just read what Andy Katz says. He says, in his first season as a D1 head coach, Lloyd, a longtime assistant at Gonzaga, has Arizona off to a 12-1 start to the season and ranked number eight in the AP poll at the time of the calendar year. The Wildcats' only loss this season came on the road to Tennessee by four points in their 2-0 in Pac-12 play. And I think part of the reason Andy Katz has him up there, although he doesn't say that, so it's reading into a little bit, is... Part of it is the preseason expectations. As I mentioned earlier, we were the 29th, uh, we had the 29th best odds to win the national championship, and now we're seventh, right? And a lot of that is due to Tommy Lloyd, his style of play, his you know ability to coach up players, get them in position to win. The, the jump that we have made can be attributed and laid at the feet of Tommy Lloyd, a majority of it. Um, so I think that that's kind of why he's got it. And then the other one from CBS, uh, David Cobb, who wrote an article this week about his top three candidates for coach of the year. And the three candidates he's got, and he doesn't put them in any particular order, but Scott Drew, Baylor, obviously, that's a good addition to this list. He, he deserves to be on this list. Undefeated, number one team. Um, they're number one in the net. Ken Palm, CBS poll, coaches poll, AP, every poll you could ever think of, they're the number one team, and they deserve it. They haven't lost. They've looked good. They beat good teams. Um, and, again, like I said earlier, it's amazing that he's doing it because he, he lost four starters from last year, including two NBA guards. Um, so, obviously, he brought in James Akinjo. He recruited Kendall Brown, which is a five-star, who was a five-star freshman. But he's just coached up the players that were there before, and he's got them playing with confidence, and he's got them playing well right now. So he's one of the three. Um, Iowa State's T.J. Otzelberger is the second one um, in this list, according to David Cobb at CBS. Um, again, he's got them playing really well. They did lose to um, Baylor this last week, uh, 77-72, but... Honestly, you lose to Baylor, it's not a bad loss, right? I mean, that's one that you're going to nod and be like, yeah, okay, that's expected for an Iowa State team that doesn't have nearly the talent that Baylor does and is being coached, you know, that they're being coached up to play. And right now they're currently, you know, on the number one or number two seed line. And I don't know that that'll stick, but, I mean, they've played really well this year. And then 
David Cobb has the last candidate here is Arizona's Tommy Lloyd. And what's amazing is, you know, he, he does all the normal stats that everybody's listed off. 2-0 in the Pac-12, 12-1 overall, number eight um, ranking. But um, right now he actually says, uh, if I quote him here, now all of a sudden a third-place finish in the Pac-12 looks like the worst-case scenario for the Cats, and that's why Lloyd is my early leader for Coach of the Year. So the incredible thing is that, you know, what Coach Lloyd has been able to do for Arizona basketball has been amazing, right? He's injected energy. A fresh start. He's got the players playing fast and loose and confident. He's implemented a new system that's been enjoyable for fans to watch. It's created a lot of buzz. And I think just he also as a person, his uh, you know amicable personality, his go-with-the-flow type of um, mentality or personality when he's talking to the media, but also his fiery you know competitiveness during the games, I think has really endeared him to Arizona fans, national media, and if he keeps this up and we finish, I think if we win the conference, for sure he'll win National Coach of the Year. Uh, I think if we're top two, it, it will be close. But if we win the conference, he will absolutely be Coach of the Year, in my opinion. And that's great news. I mean, we've got Ben Matherin in the conversation for Player of the Year. You know, the Cats are up to seventh best odds to win the national championship. And currently, you know, Coach Lloyd is the leading contender for Coach of the Year. And at this midway point, what else could you ask for? Right? I mean, that's a perfect recipe and a perfect way to be at the midway point of this season because, hey, guess what? This is exactly what we as Arizona Wildcat fans would love to see every year, and we're experiencing it right now. So I hope that you enjoy it and soak in the second half of the season as we get into Pac-12 play. And uh, thanks for listening today, and we'll see you next time on Locked On Wildcats.